this is Open Forum. Uh, my name is Rogers here in the Prairies. It is 8.05 in the Prairies, 10 a.m. in North Carolina, 4 p.m. in Kalulushi, Zambia, wherever you're listening us from. Uh, we are connecting to you live uh, from Zambia Block Talk Radio. We continue uh, in just a little bit uh, with um, mm-hmm. continued programming from Nathan. Nathan, please pick it up. Thank you, Roger. Everybody, welcome back again. Uh, we continue our conversation with uh, in America, everything they say, the world, okay? Even if American football is just played here, they say world champions. So I'm going also to say we are honored and we've been having a conversation with a world-renowned international DJ, Flo Kid. Very proud of our, our, our young man here. I mean, he's just taken this thing to another level. And we were actually we are actually honored to have his mom, Mrs. Mwerwa, with us. And uh, I don't want to say I'm very mad. I just say somebody should have warned me that. Anyway, they've already explained to Roger that since I said my my switchboard was dead and all that, so I wasn't seeing anything. Um, Mrs. Mwerwa, what message do you have? Welcome back to the show, Flo Kid. Welcome back, everybody. What message do you have for parents, those of us who are raising kids in the diaspora? I mean, you can take this whichever direction you want. Um, thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Uh, you know, as I said, as a parent, it's not easy to support um, DJ children. You know mm. how people, what people think about DJs. Of course. But, um, yeah. Um, when the older brother started DJing, he was in high school back in Zambia. And you know mm. Zambia and a child that's in high school. He started DJing for this club called Roadhouse in Zambia. Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah, I went to talk to the manager there because he used to sneak out and some people told me this is what the child is doing. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not easy. We can laugh about it now, but you can yeah, I know what life was that time so I went to talk to the manager and the manager explained to me you know he was an elderly guy and he said we know he's a young guy and he's very good at DJing people love him that's why we're using him we'll be keeping an eye on him so um okay I, I said okay um I'll be I'll be passing by almost every evening to see what what goes on and I started frequenting that club. Wherever I went for business, when I come back before I go home, I would go visit the club. And um, the the setup of the DJ booth was uh, the door was always locked, and the window had iron bars. You know how we do it in Zambia, so nobody can go in the DJ booth. So I thought that the setup was okay. And they used to bring him every night when the show was done. So that's how uh, the older brother started DJing. And when he came to America, he came when he was 15, going to 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing he did, he, he he got a job. I think if I remember very well, that was Dunkin' Donuts. The, the first pay that he, he saved, he bought equipment. <laughs> and he started DJing. So um, that time yeah, he was and, DJing with his and dad. That, that was it. Dad wasn't really happy yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dad nah. was not happy, and, yeah, they, they had problems. I, me, Flo Kid, and the sister were in Zambia. 
So okay. uh, Yekayeka was living with his dad. His dad didn't take it too well. Yeah. Mm. So I'm not going to go into details. So when we came and joined them, Floki uh, mm. started following Yekayeka. And he was young at that time. I wasn't happy about it. His dad didn't know, but they would tell me we are going to DJ here and there. So you know what happened? I started going with them. So I tell you, okay. was, of course, they were DJ. It was a Zambian functions that way they were DJing. Uh, those people that know me, um, I think they know that um, I've been supporting my children since they started. I used that's, to go with them in whatever functions because they were too young and they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you. I think, mom, that statement you made there is very important. I used to support my kids when they were very young. That's very important. Yeah. Please continue. So mm-hmm. you, you, as a young, as young parents, um, yes, you better um, keep an eye on your children and see what interests they have and support them. It's not mm. always, um, it's not always good careers like doctors, uh, um, uh, teachers, and you support whatever they are doing. Look at these two. They, they they are DJing, but they have like a has a full time job. Floki does uh-huh. a full time business, and they're still DJing. Uh-huh. You see what I mean? Yes. Yes. It's it's yes. not everything that they do that are bad. Uh-huh. Just direct them and put them on the right path. That's fine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, um, the narrative has changed. The, I mean, the narrative has changed, Roger. And I keep saying this, the narrative has changed. Mrs. Mwero, I've also got a similar situation here. Although, of course, it's uh, our youngest daughter, she's, she's studying, she's, she's doing, you know, Zambia would say cookie, eh? would even okay. kids and joke. Yeah, she's, she's starting to be a chef. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just something else. Yeah. You can please finish off and then we'll get a final is, comment. Is she in Zambia or she's here? She's here. Yeah, you know, that's a very good career. You want to encourage her. Mm. She can, she can oh, yeah. open her own restaurant. She that's can be catering for weddings. She can, yeah, so you just, just notice what your children want and support them. It's, for example, um, I can say America, America, any career is good. Oh, yeah. Oh, any yeah. career is good. Yeah, she can be a babysitter and set up a, a nursery. That's right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, for me, it hasn't been hard. It has been very hard. It has been very hard mm. to say that uh, my husband didn't like what they were doing. Mm. But this time, he has seen that it's uh, a good thing and he's very supportive. That's good. We thank God for that. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, mm. you know, the, the DJing thing, for example, Flockhead, how he got good, mm-hmm. he... he he listens to every advice that you give him. Oh, wow. When he started DJing, like, independently, away from Yekayeka, mm-hmm. he would ask me questions. You know the key word I told him? Mm-hmm. Look, at the, look at the cloud, the cloud that you have. You can't, you can't play old school music when you have a uh, 16-year-old. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and, and and you can't play disco music when you have old ones like me. 
Yeah, that's and, true. And <laughs> you play what people want. You can you can mm-hmm. keep playing a new song if people don't like it. Play what people want. So I think that's the key thing for DJing and and respect your people. That's true. You know, respect. Mom, mm. They are they are very young and they need to have respect for everybody. That's very true. Yeah, Mrs. Mwewa, thank you for thank taking you. the time. Flow kid, keep at it, my man. Keep at it. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, by the way, Mrs. Mwero, I, I told the floor kid when we talked behind the scenes, I asked him, I said, your name is is Mr. Floribet Mwero in Botswana. Are you related? So he said, yes. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, that, that's my husband's older brother. Floribet is a very good friend of mine. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. What are your names? Nkama Nasa. Okay. Okay. I'm going to talk to him right now after we're done. Tell him that we were on, the, on Mr. Nasa's show. Okay. I'll, I'll let <laughs> him know. <laughs> He's very supportive and he follows what we do. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, what we need yeah. to do is. With, with this narrative, what we are doing, Roger, Mrs. Mwero, we need to arrange a separate show. I want us to talk about us supporting our kids with whatever they are passionate about. All right. No problem. Mm-hmm. Thank you, no problem. Roger. Thank you for giving us the time on Open Forum. All right. Thank Ms. you so much, Mwero. Uh, thank you for encouraging all of us who, who are You're most welcome. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. So that was uh, Flo Kida, a good young man in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, providing a lot of entertainment. So if you need, he didn't even give his information. If you need um, uh, some oh, entertainment yes. to come to your to to, to your uh, place, Flo Kid, very very quickly, please uh, give your details uh, to those who are listening. They would want to hire you. Uh, please go ahead, very very quickly. Yes, uh, my information now. Um, my Instagram is actually DJ F L O K I D DJ Flowkid. My Facebook is uh, D E E J A Y space Flowkid F L O K I D. And um, I have all my contact info on there. And I also have uh, okay. my, my actually my email is DJ Flowkid at gmail dot com. And also have uh, yeah. I also have one 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 from Atlanta is actually connected to and he wanted to he wanted to say something, the four oh seven number. Four oh seven, four oh seven. Very, very quickly, Bamansa, I think we have uh, yeah, we've written into uh, at, uh, another programs. Um where is I can find uh, I can't find him. Yeah, Bamansa, good morning. Uh good morning, sir. Uh and and uh Roger. Uh, my yeah, name is Mwansawa. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I'm just uh, uh, there in Atlanta, but you know, I've been here for quite, a time, quite some time. I'm from Florida, Orlando, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just wanted to, I just wanted to recommend uh, uh, my other uh, Afroki that uh, despite uh, you know, having our other DJs and people see it the wrong way, but... Uh, one thing that I've noticed is uh, in the two uh, uh, kids, Muchinshi, and that's what uh, we are lacking mm. in Israel. We are mm. in Shabana, we are not just like Kuzambia. And uh, Tawakulemi, because people in the, 
ובדופם, ולגוב אבות. And uh, what I see, and then I have a very traditional, what I see, what, what I expect from a Zambian family, and that's what I think. Okay. And uh, next, next, next program, try and, uh, you know, uh, encourage us as a church, and those even people like him, they came to uh, over 12 years, and uh, mm. they've still been sent. I've seen people who've come here, over 15, and they change like become million mutunzu, and that changes me every time I, you know, I visit this family and Abana. Now to Rufia, so that's one thing that I wanted to okay. to contribute. Thank you, uh, thank, thank you very much. Thomas, we we'll work on that. So much, uh, I'm sure he's going. To, yeah, yeah, we'll work on that, and we'll bring a, a, a specific show for that. Thank you, thank yeah. you so much uh, for everything for Kidma. Amayo and Ramasa for calling. We'll take a short break here. Thank when you. we come back, open forum will be in full swing. Good morning and welcome back to Open Forum. Sorry for that. Uh, we went to um, another because uh, there was some error. Um, well, I don't think there was an error. Nathan's uh, computer died on him, so he couldn't see other numbers. It is a long story in other ways. But welcome. That was a wonderful show, Nathan. Uh, Thank you, my friend. And you can see the thirsty, the, the hunger people want to, mm. uh, I think, mm. to share, especially regarding our children. Dr. Patrick, good morning. Um, Bayama in Pennsylvania, good morning. Good morning, Vachali. Yeah, I'm not sure why your phone sounds like you are miles away. I don't know. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, the reception where I am, I think, is bad. Okay, uh, I'm going to be away from you. From you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't keep it away from me. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, Bayama, what you, I'm trying to, to do, uh, starting next week, tell me if you are ready, you are going to be presenting the weather. Because you, you've told me that you like the uh, weather. Uh, 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 no, no, no. It's, it's going to be very easy. And okay. this is the way you're going to do, do, do it. You pick four cities. Uh-huh. Uh, don't uh, um, forget Okotox here in the prairies uh-huh. because okay. it's, it's the owner of the, the show. And then you pick uh-huh. any city in the U.S. and uh, another small town in Zambia. Then you just uh, the weather. How does that sound, yeah? Do you like that? It sounds great. It sounds great, but yeah, 
Because especially you business people, you know, you have to pay much attention to the weather, how it affects the <laughs> Excellent, Yama, excellent. It's, uh, think about it, you know, know. I, I really want it, us to it, be it, sharing. Uh, um, of course. Uh, the, the other thing also I really want to be pushing is um, all these forums we, we have, there should be news from, uh, from the forum. Not necessarily the update from what you are doing in your forum, but as regards, say for instance, NASA needs education. Do we have any education news in Africa? This I think will keep the forums uh, going. Um, Tenuous uh, experience is that we move from one topic to another every week, um, just like that, and we it's not easy to keep track. Dr. Patrick. <laughs> Uh, what I've found, staying, just staying with uh, tourism, uh, where we, we want to focus, my, my team and I, there is a lot of information when you specialize, when you, when you pay attention to just that one, uh, one angle. There is just a lot of information coming. So we are going to push, uh, push hard, see our friends uh, in health. They can be bringing African news what is hap happening uh, in, the, uh, in the health there, so we, uh, we don't lose sight, in short. That's uh, my plan. Yes. My plan. Uh, having said that, Dr. Patrick, good morning. If you, uh, if you are there, that is. Good morning, uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, good Yeah, yeah. Wonderful time, Dr. Patrick. Um, a lot of uh, things uh, happening. Uh, why don't we begin, maybe you have some few words, to talk about uh, representative... Uh, Elijah Cummings, we lost, was it yesterday or the other day? Elijah yeah. Cummings. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on that, Dr. Patrick? Yeah, that's, that's um, a sad event and also an opportunity to remember such a great man. Uh, what, what we can do is every time we look up into the sky and we see a mm -hmm. shooting star, we just sit there. Hey, Elijah. I like that. I saw you. He's a, he's a shooting star that comes back again and again. And every time we mention yeah. his name, he's not dead. So mm. continue, continuously mention his name to keep him living, to keep his spirit living, and to keep all that he's done for the community and I'm speaking mm -hmm. of the community at large, not only people of African descent, I'm speaking of everyone. So um, uh, sleep, sleep well, my brother. You'll always be with us. Yes, sir. Yeah, well said, uh, uh, Dr. Patrick. Uh, so uh, some of us who are glued to American politics probably know uh, Representative Elijah Kami. He was a congressman from Maryland. Uh, he presented Baltimore. Uh, if you remember, there was a small fight, him and uh, Donald Trump. Anyway, Donald Trump fights with everybody. So um, 
Rest in peace, uh, Congressman. You were the voice of of the people. <clears throat> All right. On top of the hour uh, this morning, uh, we, we we have this uh, topic. We need. I, I just put it like we need the trees, but it's it's deeper than it's deeper than that. Uh, after our government in Zambia is selling this this part of uh, the country where there are trees to put a, a mall, and uh, yet uh, Lusaka is um, right now on its knees as far as uh, trees number one is concerned. The heat in Lusaka is uh, the worst. Uh, has that got anything to do with trees? What else do trees do uh, to uh, ourselves? Uh, to our economy, uh, how well? What else can we do? Or oh, this is just some story by the people who conserve not to be touching trees. Uh, I actually came up with this Nathan just the other day. I was I was watching some kind of a show, and mm -hmm. in there it was a forest. I see uh, the frogs in there. I see the birds. I see. All these little uh, little things which uh, live uh, in the forest. Then I wondered to myself, as we cut these trees, we the humans, have we ever wondered what happens to this life which depends on the forest? And hence, and hence our question this morning, we need trees. Do we, we the humans, virtually, do we ever think about it? about these little things which depend on, on the forests. Do we think about them? Or we don't really care? <laughs> so that is on top of um, uh, the hour. It's going to be interesting. And usually when I promise something, it's going to be interesting. It's not just one of those three trees. No, no. Uh, we are going to be answering the question, Dr. Patrick. Uh, environment conservation versus uh, economics. People want jobs want a, 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 an open pit mine done in the forest. What do we do? Uh, those competing things. So we are going to have a discussion uh, on that. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yesterday, uh, those who were uh, just calling in, we yeah. couldn't communicate nothing, and we apologize uh, to people. Mm. Uh, we could, since we are so fast, we couldn't put uh, the number, um, Sokotwane, we forgot. At least we could have put that number in our, in our WhatsApp group for people to join the discussion with HH. Uh, uh, is uh, in the U.S., so we, we hosted him uh, last night. Oh, my God. You listen to that man, you, you, you ask yourself, what is Zambia doing? You know, what is Zambia doing, even going in the... In the side, what what is the man is loaded? The man has information. The man has. You want such a person to be president? In my view, you know, I support him anyway. But you want such a man? So with um, the UPND uh, permission, North America permission, next week I may do some clips from our discussion which happened yesterday, uh, so you can hear some of the things he has. Uh, he has to say. Uh, Indiana, in Indiana, um, Noah. Noah, good morning. 
Yes, good morning, Roger. Good morning, everyone. And this morning, I'm actually not in Indiana. I'm in Bella's backyard. I've come for the for the event. Oh, you were in Atlanta. Evening. Yeah, I'm actually in Atlanta. Good you want to? Is it for the for the big for the big dance? Yeah. So we are here to 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 attend and represent our respective communities, and also to just mingle and have a good time. Yeah, no, that is encouraging. Yeah, that is uh, I- 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 encouraging. Okay, uh, Dr. Musanje, good morning. Uh, whenever you are ready, you want to say something, uh, please uh, come through. Tell us. <coughs> say hello. <coughs> before the visiting hour, before the visiting hour goes, say say hello. <laughs> okay. Okay, there's uh, no titles. Let's uh, go uh, straight away. Um, news, news. Let me start from uh, North Carolina, Dr. Patrick. Comes uh, good news. Uh, Michael Jackson apparently comes from uh, from there. And the other day, Dr. Patrick was uh, commissioning a medical center uh, worth $7 million. I thought that was uh, nice. our own uh, black athletes, we wish they could uh, do a little bit more. Uh, so to hear, uh, to hear a brother do such a thing, he has two in the offing. Uh, this is uh, the, the first one. So seven million uh, medical center was uh, launched uh, just uh, the other day, and he had something else I think should be coming up either in Alabama or somewhere there, Wachali. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's um, that's really good. I think the culture or the tide the tide is turning with our with the uh, celebrities. They're really going out above and beyond to do a lot. There's actually a lot of them who are doing great things that you we they're just not out there in the media. Like for instance, uh, Ray Allen used to play basketball for Miami Heat and uh, Boston Celtics. He goes into poor communities. And he builds a whole like center and finishes with the computers where kids can come and be able to do work and do. So there's a lot of those kind of projects that are going uh, around yeah. uh, that probably are not publicized or given a voice as much. And I think highlighting them will only encourage those that are yet to do something to I like also, that. you know, dip in their I pockets like and, and, uh, and yeah. give back. Yeah, I, li- I like that. That tells me I need to go to Michael Jordan's uh, Twitter page or handle page and just uh, tell him how proud we are. And uh, talking about him, uh, as you put that example of um, uh, what is his name? Uh, the, the other guy, Ray uh, James. No, James. Yeah, James, Le- James. James. LeBron James. LeBron um, James. Also, is a project uh, school. Uh, in uh, in Ohio, uh, it's a great. He has put up a very a big project there. So yes. I think we and need he, the he, combined he, uh, effort of these guys. This can be can be huge. Absolutely, you find that there are people like P. Diddy who also has schools in uh, I think it's in the New York area. You know, of the mm-hmm. yeah. 
Okay, no, these guys uh, need our, our 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 support uh, in in whatever they they they, they, they are doing. Uh, we reported some time back, if you remember, on Zambia Block Talk Radio about Facebook Libra. Who remembers? Who remembers that? What's say? You remember that uh, uh, Facebook Libra? Do you remember? Yes, I do remember uh, Facebook Libra. Yes, to do is, I mean, uh, have you been following? Currency? Yeah, no, been... by Facebook. Have you been following? Yeah. No, I haven't been following you. Thank you for reminding me. I need to. Yeah, it was supposed to be launched in um, in March next year. However, I think it will be put off um, because uh, it has received a lot of opposition, uh, especially from uh, federal banks. Uh, Mastercard and Visa, who, uh, who were supposed to be the main uh, drivers uh, of uh, uh, that project, uh, withdrew just uh, the other day. Uh, we had Bookings.com as well with, uh, withdrawing uh, because the politicians, uh, uh, so to say, um, you know, pointing warning signs at, at, at them. Uh, people are very scared to lose control of their money. Uh, so that was just an update. If you remember, we talked about Libra some time back. Uh, that is Facebook money. We need to uh, to stay on top of it. From Lusaka comes a very, uh, not Lusaka, Nathan. Uh, this is um, Kitwe, Kitwe Central Hospital. Comes very disturbing news. Oh, I don't know if I have to say this on radio, but I have to. Uh, very disturbing news. From the mortuaries in our hospital, where is my, uh, Clotilda? Ms. Clotilda from Kitwe Central Hospital. Uh, the bodies there, dead bodies are being eaten by rats. Wow. Yeah. That is yeah. so sad. So yeah. which means the cooling system doesn't work, right? Yeah. Right. Because rats well, can't stay in a cold a lot, of, a lot of things doesn't work. The it's not just the cooling, the cooling thing. <laughs> because are, some of these rats, they can adapt even to the cooling thing, but especially... Uh, the kind of cooling system we have with uh, power cuts. Um, I, I thought this was not good. Yeah, possibly the load shedding is one of the reasons, and then maybe also uh, the way they keep the place. Yes. Yes. So we are not sure. Um what kind of campaign or what kind of we can do. But I'm planning, Dr. Musanje, to get a hold of uh, the main man. Roger. At, uh, Roger. Yes, Dr. Patrick. Yeah. Roger, that, that, that issue is, um, is timely and it's, it's uh, very important to discuss during one future program. Because as you will, will recall, I mentioned the the potential, the economic potential of establishing uh, regulatory laboratories. Well, one of the major major aspects of a regulatory laboratory is refrigeration, and refrigeration leads to electricity. So, at some future program, we should talk about electrifying the the forums that we're that we're um, discussing, because each forum has a major electricity component to it. 
it's, it's no sense um, establishing an agriculture industry, a regulatory laboratory industry, a hospital industry, educational uh, tourist industry, if there is no electricity. So we we need to talk about that and include that in our future discussion. I like that, Mr. Patrick. Yeah, I do. Um, this may lead us, uh, I hope Dr. Kajira was uh, around uh, for, for the, uh, I, I like the way you put it, Dr. Patrick, uh, for our friends uh, in the health group. Uh, not necessarily should we, it is a good thing we should focus uh, on the construction of uh, the hospital, but there are a lot of, uh, some of them are not small, like this issue is not a small thing. Um, so we are going to invite uh, the main man at uh, the hospital. Uh, we hear what uh, are problems they are, they are facing. Um, I'm going to probably get in touch with the Kitwe mayor as well, because I know the mortuary and stuff, I don't know if it's controlled by the council or controlled by the hospital. We'll, we'll find out uh, what is uh, happening there. Uh, so, Dr. Patrick, maybe we can work uh, with the council and the hospital in collaboration with the members of the diaspora, see what we can do in our uh, little way. Um, it, is, uh, it was a sad story. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> go ahead. You know, you know, sometimes uh, when we come on this forum and we talk, I know some of us, we are very small, but uh, the leadership, I don't know why they don't listen and why we keep voting for them, I do not understand. On this forum, I think uh, a couple of years ago, when we first time we had Lord Shelley in, in Zambia, I read somewhere, and this guy is a professor, and he said about the Lord Shedding, the first time we had Lord Shedding in Zambia, and the guy said, you haven't seen nothing yet. You know, and he went on and explaining what their effects that, uh, that will come out at the first day. But the administration had asked when, when that first Lord Shedding happened in, uh, when they took power. He just brushed it off like, like, like it's nothing. Right, right now, uh, there's a professor, excuse me, who wrote about uh, 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 Ian, uh, uh, this, uh, you know, he has done all the math, and he said he, uh, Tesla is not going to last for a long time. It's here just for temporary, you know. And I know some people, they're just going to, like, brush it off. But this guy, there's a way of these this professors, this college, they, they know how things work, you know. So next time we are voting for someone, let's vote for somebody who listens, who follow uh, what information, I mean, uh, statistics, you know. So this, the information you just gave us, uh, right eating the body. I mean, guys, what, what are we doing? You know, uh, what are we doing? That's a very challenging. I mean, for me right now, uh, I have no power because I don't have the coffer that the, the Zambian government have. You know, we need to put that coffer in somebody who, who uh, somebody else who can use that money, the, the taxpayer money, in a good way. But thank you for sharing the story, Roger. <laughs> and I hope the administration is listening. 
You know, you, yes, you just yes. touched you just touched on the 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 major point of dialogue, the major point of discussion, the major point of entry, the major point of getting you to the table, and that is money. If if my brother was just on the phone had three million dollars, they would be listening to him. It's just the same thing mm. with the EU our discussion during um, Nathan's program. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and speaking about the diaspora unifying, the only way they will listen to anyone is if you come to the table with money. So the best yes. way of unifying is to unify resources. And this will force the government or the powers that, that be that be to listen to you. So when we mobilize and when we um, bring our people together, when we bring the diaspora together, we have to bring resources to the table. And each one of the forums will do just that. Each one of the forums will speak to power with the power of the purse. So that's that's another thing we're we're going to do and what we're doing when we talk about mobilizing the forum. We're also mobilizing resources, the power of the diaspora through the purse. That is uh, that is big, Doctor Patrick. Um, exactly, I think uh, the vision of the of the forum, uh, the forums, Nathan, is to keep us uh, focused uh, in. Uh, in, in some of these uh, areas. Thank, thank you, Dr. Patrick, for that. <clears throat> thank you. Uh, did you have anyone, anyone comment on the uh, this thing happening at Kito Central Hospital? Um, hello. Yeah. Um, my take is that um, we, we have to get to a place where we take personal responsibility in spite of the government. You know, because as long as we keep relying on government to do things, we keep singing the same songs. So if we can say, listen, this solution for this program, $10 here, we have $6. Okay, because we are just, looking uh, you for some reason, Rachel. Uh, um, yeah, uh, is that better? Yeah, much better. Much better. Yeah. Okay. So, so because my thing is, once we bring attention alone, it's not a solution. Once we step up through these forums to say, here's a problem, here's our part that we're going to do in this, it's going to be better. Because I tend to want to look at the the actual person that's being affected. The president in state house is not being affected. The only thing that's really going to affect him is whether it's going to get him votes or not. So our focus has to be on the actual Zambians who are suffering and do everything we can to help them in spite of our government. You know, uh, we continue pressuring the government. I'm not saying we ignore them. We continue pressuring them. But if we really put in front of us solving the solution, we'll move a whole lot better than trying to drag the government along with us because we're going to keep getting disappointed. So um, where we need them, we, we go to them and pressure them. Where we can do things without, you know, just as a citizens or concerned people, we, we go ahead and do that. Wonderful, <coughs> wonderful. Uh, I'll stay with um, the health uh, uh, section there. Uh, then I will put something on uh, on education and uh, uh, tourism. Uh, the world.
World Global Fund uh, has raised 13.9 billion, uh, with a B, 13.9 billion uh, for AIDS, TB, and malaria. Uh, and I was reading some uh, very encouraging news from uh, uh, from the UK. The doctors may have just we have heard this for the past 30 years. Uh, some of us are old enough. Uh, AIDS has been found. AIDS has been found. But uh, from the Daily Mail uh, in the U.S., uh, in the U.K., they were reporting that um, the doctors may have just found, uh, they call it a, a shot, how to, how, how to kill, how to kill the, the, the virus. Anyway, it's a discussion for another day. We read this. We are now in Vietnam. But the bigger thing was that uh, they have raised $13.9 billion, uh, America being the largest uh, contributor there. 13.9 billion towards AIDS, TB, and malaria. My main interest there was malaria, uh, Nathan. Malaria. That was my main interest. And 13 billion, of course. Uh, Dr. Patrick was talking about money just now. Uh, so mm -hmm. malaria and 13 billion. This is a lot of money, if you really think about it. No. And probably this is not the first time institutions are raising this kind of money. Question is, what is really happening with this kind of money people are raising all the time? And the, 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 the health issues, the health concerns like malaria don't seem to go away, nothing. Yeah, that's a very critical question, Roger. What happens or what really is done with this kind of money? Uh, because I think the little, little knowledge that I might have about that, it's, it's not like it's 99.9% .9 going to be dedicated to... The, there is also the aspect of administrative issues there, staff, remunerations, and all those kind of things. And I think we need to get to a point where we start saying, okay, this money which was raised in 2013, that some play, of course we can go back in and look at certain projects where money was raised. What happened? How was it apportioned and how was it spent? What was the budget? Yeah, how was it broken down? We don't do that. We just like this. You've given us a report here. Money has been raised, and we are just going to let it go like that. We need to be asking these questions. Thirteen point nine billion, uh, Noah. Thirteen point nine billion is not cheap change. That is a lot of money. Uh, our budget yeah. is six billion in Zambia, <laughs> and people are even yeah, mocking our our budget. How can they have? Yeah, go yeah, ahead, go ahead, uh, Noah. Yeah, that's true. That's a lot of money. I think I can speak with a little bit of, of authority on HIV and AIDS because I'm mm -hmm. the HIV okay, test okay. manager for the state of Indiana, and I usually operate with a portfolio of 1.4 million. And I think at this time we are actually reviewing. What, what, what did you say? I haven't even known what you do. What did you say you do again? So I'm the HIV testing manager for the state of Indiana. HIV so testing? I, yeah, mm -hmm. so I, I manage HIV okay. testing for, for, the, for the state department of health for Indiana. And okay. that money, 
it, most most of that money, because I think like right now at uh, a local health, I mean state health department, we are reviewing what we are, I mean are called RFPs, request for proposals. So the state provides funds to local agencies, and for instance, in my program HIV prevention, I have a portfolio of about 1.4 million, and that money I sort of have a say on who gets part of the the funds for the testing. So the CDC, I think, for the state, I mean, the CDC, I'm sure you are aware of what the Centers for Disease Control does. So the CDC, I think, this time around, they gave us close to $3.4 million, and we turn around and ask local agencies to provide HIV testing in Indiana. So part of the fund, of course, pay for salaries for the people who are working on this program. Like in Indiana, we have 16, uh, this time it's going to be 18 agencies that we are funding. So part of the money goes to pay for testing supplies, and but part of that money goes to fund salaries and health insurances for the employees that we fund. So mm-hmm. it may seem like it's a lot of money, but for instance, like I mean, 1.4 million just goes on HIV testing. We should be awarding, I think, maybe as soon as next, before the before the before the end of the month. So HIV testing, what's happening is uh, there is a drug called PrEP. So PrEP is uh, for those who are at high risk from contracting HIV. So the CDC and the World Health Organization is working on a campaign called ending the epidemic for HIV because with the uh, advancement that has been done in the medical research, HIV, it will soon be a thing of the past. So uh, I think on that one, we are doing everything possible. Just last week, I was actually working with the Latino community. They have what is called Latin X. So Latin X is HIV awareness for the Latino community. But I think something that I've been working on in the background, I think I'll take this opportunity to announce here, I am pushing for an African awareness, HIV awareness day. So I'm working with a few people, especially the Latino community, because what we have noticed, for instance, February 7th is Black and African-American HIV awareness day. So from what we have noticed is when we say African-American, most of our people shy away from, I mean, going for HIV screening because they feel when they use the word African-American doesn't, mm-hmm. I mean, appeal to them. So the project that I'm working on in the background is to have an African or black HIV awareness day so that we can promote uh, HIV testing, especially in our in our, our, our communities because I'm sure you, some of you may know the prevalence of HIV especially in Zambia, is about 12% mm. compared to the U.S., which is less than 2%. So we need to promote more HIV testing. I think more information will come in future because I'm hoping to work with a local association to see how we can promote HIV testing, and there's actually funding that I think we can, uh, we, which can be allocated for that. So, yeah, so HIV is something that very soon it will be a thing of the past. So I'll end there for now. Okay, uh, well put. 
uh, if we were in Zambia uh, Nathan and I could have created uh, a laboratory right now and we, are, we could have presented it to you to you so that the funding can can start to can start coming uh, right here but we are not in Zambia so yeah. we are here uh, <laughs> and, and you see, Roger, you remember at, uh, at mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it at our event last month the, during the health uh, forum, Dr. Patrick did emphasize that we need to consider a laboratory in that process of us establishing whatever we are trying to establish. I think uh, what do you call it? I think no one oh, yes, yes, that was yes. I, I, who are the medical sure. people yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm saying no one and Clotilda who are in the, this field will, will agree that that's one thing that is lacking in Zambia, testing centers. I hope that's the like, right terminology I used there. We lack those things. Yeah, but uh, not to sidetrack, yeah, the point you brought back, uh, Dr. Patrick, uh, talked about uh, laboratories. I think this was... Um, Oh, Dr. Patrick is going to kill me. Uh, Dr. Pat, I've not forgotten. Uh, I've not forgotten. I'm just looking at a lot of uh, notes here. Can you please uh, remind us uh, that lab you talked about uh, at the convention? Yes, yes, I'd be, I'd be pleased to do so. Uh, what I was talking about is different than what we're talking about at this particular moment. What we're talking about right now is a research laboratory. Uh, mm-hmm. Research laboratory is basically yes. under pure pure chemistry. And this is a study to find an unknown. The regulatory laboratory that I was speaking of is a analytical laboratory. And this analytical laboratory is not searching for an unknown. It's searching for the presence of knowns. So we can have two laboratories or two different types of laboratory discussions, but in particular, the regulatory laboratory is the type of laboratory in which before you can export a product out of the country, or to a neighboring district province, uh, you need to make sure that it meets standards. You you need to make sure that it's not deleterious, harmful in any way to the consumer. So, therefore, in order to ensure that, you have to perform analysis on this particular product. You want to find out if there are any pesticides in it, any insecticides in it, are there any organisms that parasites or other organisms that shouldn't be in there or chemicals that shouldn't be in there? There are limits as to how much a product can contain, and therefore, and then there are zeros, zero tolerance uh, limitations for for substances in the food product or the the liquid that we consume. So, therefore, a regulatory laboratory. Uh-huh. And what I'm speaking of is essential throughout uh, Zambia, and it's also essential throughout the African countries, because the balance or the the opposite end of that is if you don't have a regulatory laboratory, 
and you export your product to a, a foreign country, a neighboring foreign country or a foreign country that's in Europe or the United States, you will have to meet those requirements. And most likely, and the most often times than not, they do not trust products coming in from Africa. So they will have uh, that product delayed and analyzed. And most and what happens is when it when the um exporter is forced to analyze the product, you're going to have to pay private laboratories in, in the United States in particular, you have to pay private laboratories to perform the analysis to prove that your product is not harmful or deleterious uh-huh. to the consumer. And one product or one sample may cost you up to three thousand dollars. Oh as wow! As to if you analyze it in country in Zambia, it would be three hundred dollars. So right. you have a major difference in, in cost. So that's why I was promoting and and asking for our brothers brothers and sisters to consider putting in place a regulatory laboratory. If this is the case. Um, Outside of of government laboratories, uh, this will be the first African uh, spearheaded uh, regulatory laboratory, private regulatory laboratory, and I encourage that. There are there are some <clears throat> private uh, laboratories that perform regulatory analysis in countries that I've visited: uh, South Africa, Nigeria. But the uh, Angola, but in and these each one of the laboratories that I visited uh, do not have the state of the art instrumentation, and they're mm. not performing the state of the art uh, analysis. So you have to perform the uh, analysis as according to what's being performed in in the United States, if you're exporting to the United States, and you should have the analytical equipment in order to perform the similar analysis that's performed in the United States. So one more one more thing, and this is has created a lot of um, misunderstanding throughout, is in the European Union, the EU, they have um, a regulatory body it's called ISO. It's a regulatory body that will perform analysis for you, and they will certify your your analytical equipment in country, and they will certify the type of analysis you do. But you have to pay them a great deal of money in order to be certified by them. In the United States, the United States do not certify your product. What they will do is they will make sure that you or your products are meeting the the um, standards as posed by the United States, and that's that's another discussion. So in the United States, you don't pay to have your products analyzed. Private mm. laboratories, you pay private laboratories. In the EU, you pay in order to be certified. So there's a long discussion on on that, but the short end of it is. A regulatory laboratory in Zambia is very much encouraged, and, and we can go about what's needed to, to make that happen. But um, I would encourage all my brothers and sisters that are in the business of exporting their products, 
either to foreign countries or to neighboring countries to consider establishing a regulatory laboratory. Thank you, Dr. Patrick. And uh, at uh, the conference, you actually uh, talked about the countries like Congo, um, uh, surrounding countries, Zambia, which uh, can benefit uh, from such uh, from such a lab. And I thought that was yes. uh, a, a big thing. That was a big thing. So there are there okay. are there are um, there are some there are some brothers and sisters that are thinking about it from the conference, and so hopefully in the future we'll have a brother or sister step up to the plate and say, yes, I've considered that, and these are the steps that I've taken in order to bring about to fruition a regulatory laboratory in Zambia. Okay, thank you, uh, Dr. Patrick. Uh, that was uh, from uh, the health section, uh, Ms. <clears throat> Miss 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 is uh, is is here. Uh, good morning, uh, Mwish. Or oh, is it an Good morning. Good yeah. morning. So our, our discussions uh, I've been telling uh, people each uh, corner that we just need some news, not necessarily uh, what uh, uh, your specific forum is uh, is doing, but some just a form of news. Uh, this is what we've been uh, talking about. Um, we've been talking. We've talked about the 13.9 billion uh, raised by the Global Fund um, for HIV, AIDS, TB, and malaria. And uh, <clears throat> just the other day, I was looking at uh, mosquito. How the Chinese wanted to wipe out the the, the mosquito. Um, so I wondered, what 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 is it going to take? Uh, to, to to get rid of uh, mosquitoes or, or, or malaria, and then I looked at this figure. Nakazi, thirteen point nine billion is a lot of money. We've also covered uh, in Kito Central sad news from there, uh, how the rats are eating dead bodies uh, in the in the mortuary. So we thought uh, you should, uh, we, we we should update you. Uh, maybe as we go, each forum can have about fifteen minutes. Uh, just some news. Uh, not necessarily what uh, uh, is uh, is happening yeah, in, in there, but just some form of uh, uh, news uh, in in that forum. Uh, I don't know if you have any any comment on that. Otherwise, uh, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead. Uh, yeah, just, uh, just to add to what you, what uh, just to add to what you said. Uh, in mm-hmm. 1989, there's a young man when I was still in high school. And uh, Dr. Kaunda at the time, he said, uh, we need to eradicate malaria by the year 2000. And this is what, 2020, right? So 20 years go. later, we're looking at the same problem. So one of the guys in my school, uh, he did a project on the same topic. He says, uh, answering the call of Dr. Kaunda to eradicate malaria by the year 2000. So I, I just wonder what happened to him or what happened to his project. But anyway... Uh, I think it is important that we look at uh, malaria because yes. it's killed yes. millions and yes. millions of children. Malaria is one disease which really bothers me uh, because of uh, the damage it does uh, to to our people. Yeah, right. it would be nice to find this young man if you can right. remember his name. Roger. Yes, Mr. Patrick. <laughs> yes, Roger. Mr. Patrick. Remember, remember that's one of the platforms 
we were going to encourage the next individual running for office in Zambia for the presidency. Yes. It, yes. It, it yes. should be a must. Yes. It should be a must yes. that on their platform they have a plan to either eradicate or severely, drastically eliminate or reduce malaria in the country. Malaria. And I if like they that. don't have a plan on their platform, then we should consider someone else to, to vote for. But that's one well, of like the that. ways or one of the platforms we talked about. Yes. Uh, to have yes. the yes. next future president have that on their platform, have a plan, and also how it's going to be funded. Yes. I like that. President yesterday told us we are sending him notes and updates. This is the one thing we want to see on every platform. I'm going to do some research on PF platform, UPND, and uh, other small Nasharaneka parties to find out what specifically on malaria, what they are saying. Because as you study these things more and more, United States, there was just a time they said mosquito has to go, malaria, malaria causing mosquito has to go. China, it was a project, government project, malaria has to stop. And he is uh, Anaka is telling us 2021 from 2000 when our president uh, uh, told us no 2000 he was out. Uh, I don't know when he said this Kaunda, but 2000 was uh, the project for the young man. Eh? 89. Yeah. It's, it's, no 89, 89 when we when we had the death there. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And today is some 30 something years. We still talking about uh, malaria. We need to do something, Nathan. Our generation has to stand up and say we can end something. Maybe if we, we, we die in the next five years, these guys, they fought something and they fought malaria. That's just me. Mm-hmm. What do I do? <laughs> uh, from, 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 from. Who wants to say something? Um, I don't want to. Uh, you 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 jumping you jumping don't do it for me me oh, okay, I can take okay, over no, the thing I, 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 okay, I had I had I I just had two 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 points although yes. uh, Ms., 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 Dr. Dr Patrick took one of my uh, one of my points which was mm-hmm. these these researchers that need to be done on certain diseases like like malaria have to have to happen in in, in Africa to reduce costs because. Oh, 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 not only that, but also the mosquitoes that bite us here. I don't know why they don't give us malaria, but the mosquitoes that bite us in that they give us malaria. So it's only appropriate and makes more sense for the researches to be done in Africa. That's where the disease is, and that's where the little sucker in, in, insects are. And also it reduces the cost of these, these researches. That's number one. Number two, I was going to comment on the... Uh, on the rats eating dead bodies in, in, in the hospitals, in, in, in the hospital in Kitwe. If, if, if the reason for that is because of load shedding, the, the reason is really poor management. Because surely the government should be able to make it possible for some entities like hospitals not to be affected by load shedding. Seriously. <clears throat> If the government would say hospitals, Desco should not shut off the lights when it comes to hospitals. That's number one. Or number two, 
make sure that the hospitals have generators. We are hearing of hospitals that are costing millions and millions and millions of dollars to build. But it's not going to make any sense if power goes, then what's the point of the hospital? So at least have that provision to say either no load shedding when it comes to hospitals or every hospital has to have some kind of a generator where if electricity goes out, then the generator kicks in. Because it does not make sense for a hospital not to have electricity, even for two minutes. There's a whole lot of machines that people are hooked up to. The food in the hospitals has to be a certain way, has to be fresh, has to be a certain So it doesn't make sense for a hospital in Kitwe to have dead bodies working because of Lord shedding. I know it's a big problem, but that's, that's, just, that's just my thought. Good thought, and uh, that reminds me, actually, those who listened to Savior Chimba uh, presentation just the other day, uh, again from the Health Forum, he was uh, talking about how uh, hospitals have not received any funding this year uh, in, uh, in Zambia. Uh, so, Munsho, uh, as you prepare uh, to do some fundraising, think about our hospitals, what is happening. I think we need to go deep, Anakas. We need to go deep into some of these words. Let's find out what is, uh, what is happening. Uh, we may not have uh, all the tools necessary to solve these problems, uh, but knowledge is power. Uh, you never know. You meet someone on Twitter who has a billion dollars. They'll help us. They, they, they help us. Okay. Cost of, so, cost of healthcare yes. is very high everywhere you go, and uh, most yes. that's why yes. most hospitals are non-profit operating. They are funded by government and donors. Commercial mm-hmm. is a very small portion of that, maybe fifteen percent mm-hmm. maximum for for a, for a good um, uh, you know hospital. But the rest of it is usually uh, financed by the government. And when you look yeah. at Zambia, what, where, where, they, where is government going to, to get money from to finance, uh, what, 14 million people? So this is why they've gone into uh, universal health care. They're asking for employers to contribute 1% from each employee, and then uh, each employee to contribute another 1%. That's 2%. And then, of course, there are those who are unemployed. Uh, I'm not sure how much that percentage is, and and they're saying that they'll try and collect I think four months of premium or contribution, and then I think the fifth month is when the insurance kicks in. Well, I, I'm not sure whether they'll have enough reserves to finance all the expenses. So it's it, we just it had just the government just has to be very aggressive in finding different ways of. Of financing healthcare, it's very expensive. Even here, mm, it's mm. expensive. Yeah. So. Um, Roger. Yes, Patrick. Roger, Roger, Roger. Perhaps we can have our brother who's chairing the the, the health committee and constructing the hospital. Maybe we can ask him to come on and and address the issue of electricity. How is he going to? Um, provide electricity to the hospital as opposed yeah, to getting yeah. it from the government. Yeah, Yaleka uh, and uh, Dr. Kajira, I think the, the David Kajira, uh, they are, uh, she's a me- member there. Uh, I'm sure we are sending that message to, uh, to them. Uh, maybe they can help us find out how the, hospital, the hospitals are coping uh, with all this uh, load shedding. 
that's a good point, uh, Dr. Patrick. We, we, we need to know. Yeah, we, we need to know. <coughs> okay. Uh, thank you. Um, health, you've taken up uh, our time. Uh, let's go again. Uh, I've got some uh, reporting to do. Nathan, uh, next week, probably. Uh, I've got, uh, this was very interesting, I thought. Uh, it's called iSchool in Zambia. I as in island, as in India. Then I mm -hmm. and then the school, yeah, which is in, in Lusaka. So they are providing uh, their gadgets, they are like laptops, uh, for 3,000 kwacha. And uh, it is loaded with all the curriculum, Zambian curriculum, for, for education. Uh, it is uh, internet-based, I think. Yeah, I talked to the man. It is internet-based. I said, aha, this is what we are looking for. Uh, because the, the goal of the education um, department is uh, access. We want a lot of our children uh, in Zambia and in Africa to have access uh, to education. Uh, meat, uh, 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 brick and mortar is not going to do it. We are not building anything. We want to think outside the, uh, the box. So speaking to this young man, as always, a very enthusiastic Zambian, uh, he assured me he was going to get back to me the following day. Uh, today is the third day. But I'll call him back. I'll call him back and uh, and find out. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. If we can have uh, spearhead uh, the diaspora, uh, each maybe can just buy one or two for the village or for the school they came from. We we could put some few children back to school. That was from that was from the edu ed education. I thought that was uh, uh, very nice there. Uh, very soon we are going to be talking about the need for trees. Do we ever think of what happens to, to the frogs, the birds, which uh, depend on the trees? When we cut them for charcoal, like us, do we care where those insects go after we, we do the damage we, the damage we do? So we'll be talking, we'll be talking uh, about actually, uh, that. I have but somebody who's, uh, who's very good with climate change. Unfortunately, she won't be here. She'll only be here at 2 p.m. She's flying back to Zambia tomorrow. Maybe we can invite her to the show uh, in two weeks or so. Talk uh, about I didn't get the, the first part here, uh, Can you say that again, please? I said I have a friend who's uh, managing huh? a World Bank project on climate change yes. in Zambia. She's coming oh, okay. here from Arizona today at 2 p.m., but she's flying back to Zambia tomorrow. So we can schedule a show with her maybe in two weeks when she's back in Zambia. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. We, we, we want to hear about, about that because it's amazing our president was sharing. The main topic for uh, his address to the parliament was climate change. Uh, but climate change was number 10 on the budget when they presented the budget. It was like item number 10. Uh, number one, money went to the police, uh, whether, like we are, we are at the war zone. That, that, that would be nice uh, uh, to have that. A lot of things uh, are coming up. Um, have we been forgotten? Where, where was I before, when you came in, Anakas? What was I saying? You were talking about charcoal. That's why I mentioned it. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, on top of the, yeah, on the bottom of the hour. So we are talking about, uh, the, uh, we need trees, we need trees, uh, why we, we need trees. Uh, amazing stuff you find uh, on the internet. Uh, but Dr. Patrick, I, w I went into uh, tourism, 
And uh, sometimes I, I call my mind as messed up mind. My messed up mind was just thinking the other day, uh, zebra, 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 nothing. Do you know any other any other continent which has zebra other than Africa? That's the quiz for everyone here. <laughs> That's a good one. I think, wow. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Nasa, do you say something? Or you've, done, you've run out? No, I was just saying, wow, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah, I know. I that's what my, uh, my messed up it. mind does. Like, that's why I call my mind sometimes messed up. What I allow myself to think about, I don't know. And where they come from, it just pops up in the head. A zebra, where does he, is there any? So I went back to the internet, and the news is that a zebra is only found in Africa. There is no other continent where the zebra is, is found. And the next question, Dr. Patrick, I asked myself is, if we really marketed just that animal alone, and you find even in Africa, very few countries has a zebra. Uh, Zambia is one of them. Uh, if, if we marketed uh, just this animal to tell the, the world that, did you know that the zebra is only found in Africa? And you'd see a lot of uh, ears, like uh, Nathan ears here, they, they went up. Say, so, oh, wow, that's a good question. Yeah. And um, other animals, what are the other animals which are only found in, in Africa? Uh, that is yeah, one angle, Dr. Patrick. Yeah, go ahead. You have, have, have to be very specific and you can package it. Because some African yes. countries have identified sole source plants or animals. For yes. in South Africa, there is a sole source plant in which they use in many of their logos. In Angola, there's a specific sole source um, um, antelope with its long horns in which the Zambian, uh, not Zambian, which the Angolan um, uses as one of their symbols. So when we talk about zebras, we have to find out what particular countries, countries in Africa are the zebras found, and then you can market it. But I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it is. It is, Dr. Patrick. I like that. You, you, you like it. Yeah. The name of the plant in um, South Africa is called the Protea. Protea. Okay. Protea. Is that where the, the, the hotel comes from, the, the, the hotel name? Exactly. Protea. Exactly. Oh. Yep. And if you look at the tail... Wow. The tail, the airplane tails um, of the jets flying out of Angola, you see the antelope with the horns. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that is uh, 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 interesting. Roger. Yes. Roger. Roger. Can you hear me? Right. Um, concerning, concerning tourism. And uh, preservation of, of of animals, like you, like you just said, that where which other country has a zebra apart from apart from 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 Africa or co- continent. And on on a on a sad note, 
the question you just asked might not be able to be asked 20 years from now. As we see that in our country, animals are being stolen from our game reserve. That is something that we seriously have to think about. When we asking ourselves the question you just asked, what other country or what continent has a zebra? Because this is becoming a problem in our country and it's affecting tourism. If we will not be able to have those animals in our country, if the lecheways are being transported from Zambia to somewhere else, either legal or illegally, what does that mean for our tourism in mm-hmm. our country? Yeah. That means, yeah. that means how are we going to be able to promote those animals that we only have in our continent or in our country? We will not be able to. So as much as we love the wildlife in our country and so forth, let's look at the other side of what is going on right now and see if yes. 10 years from now we'll be able to sit down and say, do we have lecturers in the Luangwa? Do we have buffalo in, 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 um, in the Bangu? This is the question that we need to ask ourselves when we talk about uh, our, our tourism. Because what is going on in our country right now is really, really sickening. And then yeah, that is a, a sad uh, state of affairs. I think we've heard uh, the people in Mfue, they were uh, rioting. They say these animals are not going uh, anywhere. Um, I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, our friends, yeah, our show, uh, anything they touch on, I can't wish. Can't wish. <laughs> uh, just like we're going to be talking about trees. I don't know. Someone was asking me um, the, the other day, uh, do Zambians really care about, uh, I don't know if it's just Zambians or Africans, about conservation, or it is just being forced on us. You know, remember all the animals uh, in my region there in Kasempa? There were a lot of animals at one point, but they have all been wiped out. And uh, oh. <laughs> Yeah. So... That was the one part, I think, as we um, begin to sit at a tourism uh, forum, uh, what are the animals probably which are just specific. Um, the other news, uh, Anathan, from um, to, to tourism, it is, uh, it is how aggressive the South Africans are. I know we sit on this radio and complain how they are, they, they are marketing Victoria Force as their own. Guess what? They even market some stuff in, uh, in Ghana, as far as Ghana, that far, uh, the, the, the South Africans. Uh, in, uh, in New York, not New York, in the UK, they have a seven-man, I don't know, seven-man hub. They call it a, a hub, the South Africans, just to market South African tourism in in the UK and Ireland. In in North America it is called SAT, South Africa Tourism. SAT in uh, in North America. It is huge. It is a huge organization and the Minister of Tourism is controlling about nine percent of the GDP of tour of of South Africa. So they've put a lot of resources to tourism. Um this is one of the things my team we are going to be looking at at, uh, at, at, at at tourism. We are going to go very, very deep into this. We are going to uh, uh, see collaborations, see what others are doing. Uh, we have talked about uh, on, on radio here, we've talked about uh, the need for Internet. Just about this week, 
of the attending uh, a webinar. Uh, some people uh, just from how to promote your, your tourism uh, in the uh, in the country. So this is huge. If you are not in any forum, ladies and gentlemen, you are not in any forum, tourism, health, education, uh, agriculture, please join, because I'm not going to stop talking about it. I've given myself one year uh, to see to it that all the forums are alive. Uh-huh. So that, uh, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was uh, good uh, there. Any comments before we start our... Our forest, our forest. Trust me, it's not going to be boring. Uh, on this radio, I realize that there's NASA. I don't know if NASA is anti-climate believer. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know what's, what's really wrong. With Why? <clears throat> well, you don't believe in, you don't sense. believe in climate change. They might just putting this label on you. They might just putting this label on you. Oh, it's true. No, it's I don't know why I thought like that anyway. <laughs> I don't know why I thought like that, but I've always that and he's, he has always thought this climate thing has always been there, uh, and a lot of us, I think, do think that the climate thing has always been there. Um, but let's go just and examine just a little bit. First question I ask uh, here. Uh, the the animals which depend on the forests, the birds which depend on the on the forests, the insects which depend on the forests. Do we really care, Anakas, where these uh, insects go when we cut the trees? I don't think we care. We just want our malaria. <laughs> <laughs> we leave them to God. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> say, say, say that again. I'm Dr. Patrick. Anakaz talks about his charcoal. Uh, say that again, Anakaz. Say that again. No, I'm just saying that, you know, most people are just worried about getting their charcoal. They're not thinking about what happens to the birds or the insects or, or any other organism that relies on that tree. So... I think that's the education that's out now. That's what most people are talking about, trying to um, conscientize people to be a little bit more careful when they're cutting trees, to so think about, you know, future generations and uh, just even just, you know, the, the whole cycle, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide. So all that, it's science. It's, it's, it's education. We just need people educated in simple terms that they can understand. But, you know, you're talking to someone who doesn't have charcoal. They don't have any other means of, of cooking. What alternative do you have for them? So, again, that's where now that education piece also comes in. What are, what are the alternatives? What, 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 where do they turn to? Or if they are indeed using charcoal and that's the only option, uh, are you teaching them how to plant trees again? So it's a whole, you know, it's a process. It's an education. It's a... Uh, communication, so there's a lot of things we need to be looking at. And this is why I'm interested in learning, uh, you know, from my friend. Her name is Dr. Tasila Banda. She grew up in Chipata, uh, or Eastern Province, and she's back there working where she grew up. 
and uh, her interest of getting into forestry was because her grandmother used to, you know, work a lot with trees and herbs and all that. And then she got interested and she ended up doing a PhD. And I went to uh, British Columbia one time. I met a young man. He told me he was studying forestry. I said, oh, I know. I have a friend who's studying forestry. She says, oh, that's my auntie. So it's all it's passed on from generation to generation, and it started with a mm. grandmother teaching her her grandchild, her grandchild now teaching her nephew, and it's being passed on. So that's the education I'm saying we need to educate uh, our communities to be a little bit more uh, careful and also replacing what they're using up, replenishing is important. I'll start with you a little bit, Anakazi. You, you, you've brought a lot of uh, good stuff, good, good stuff there. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't like mentioning government, but do we have how, how aggressive do you think our governments? And by, by saying how aggressive are they? Uh, here in Canada, there are laws. You can't just cut a tree and you go scot free. The police will come. Just cutting a tree, the police will come. Uh, how, how aggressive do you think our 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 our, our governments are policing the the, the the trees? I don't think they are that aggressive, uh, or maybe mm-hmm. they are uh, in some areas because I think they are beginning to restrict lots of places. Um, but I think for me, it's about education in schools. Right. Yeah. Uh, just when I went, mm-hmm. when I went to Zambia, one of my friends, uh, one of my brother's friends, who were doing uh, when during the memorial, he says, you know, I want to take you to a tree that your brother planted at our school when we were in grade four, and this tree is wow. massive now. You know. Yeah. And this is grade four. When were they in grade four? This is like early eighties or early seventies. They were they were in grade four. But the the point point he brought home is was that. It takes a long time for us to realize the value of something, especially when it comes to planting trees. And uh, there's so many trees we planted in school. So I think if the government is working with the schools to teach young, you know, kids when they're in school to plant to plant trees, um, even in the communities, you know, having more community engagements uh, where the community, they have leaders that will encourage the communities to to replace trees. Or even just preserving within the community, the villages in the rural areas. Okay, this area is reserved for trees. We're just going to plant whatever millions of trees, and they go on with that. Um, and then again, the alternatives is important. What else are we telling a rural yes. person who doesn't yes. have a stove, who doesn't have gas? What are we What are we telling them to do? So I think that's where the government is a little bit lax. They're thinking, okay, we haven't provided an alternative. How do we um, punish people for cutting trees? So there's, there has to be a balance. Unless you're there, on, you know, in the rural areas, you can't just go and wake up and say, okay, everybody, no cutting trees here. And then they'll say, okay, uh, what, what do you want us to do? Where do how do you want us to cook? Yeah, because if you're not doing charcoal, you're using wood, right? If yeah, you're not using wood, why don't you use it? As we think, Anaka is very deep into that. Uh, the next question to our people probably is supposed to be: If all the trees you cut, all the trees, then 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 what? Uh, that's just one question. Number two is: uh, This is what we are saying again. Uh, who we live who live in a diaspora? We have 24/7 access to good good internet. What do the people in the desert do where there are no trees? How do they cook? 
what, what, what do they use? You know, I, I don't know. Those are the alternatives, I'm saying. How do you yeah. bring those alternatives back home? They've started doing yes. that. I've seen people now, they're building those inbuilt stoves, you know, they find ways of using uh, concrete, you know. Uh, so I think they, they're looking into that. Solar, one other way. Yes, um, yes. I yes. can't I can't speak too much on it because I haven't really looked into it, but it'll be interesting to know what alternatives are available in the especially mm-hmm. in the rural areas. Because I've seen gas stoves now uh in Zambia before we didn't really see much of that. Uh I yeah. remember when I was little Very scary, my uncle was they are for, putting those cylinders in the house. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. No, but when I little, <laughs> when I was little my uncle used uh he used to work for Zamok. And at Zamox, they used to have lamps. You could have a lamp, and uh, underneath the lamp would be the your oxygen tank. And you just uh, put a little, uh, like a like a little towel on top, and you light it up, and that's it. You turn it off the next morning, and you refill. This is way back in the 80s. They had that. So, I mean, there are alternatives, but I think Zamox has been run out of business. I don't even know if they still exist. <laughs> so I don't know yeah. why they're getting yeah. back at yeah, so, yeah, I think, yeah, it would be interesting to look into all alternatives that they have at the moment. That's a good market, but, you know, those who are looking for innovative ways of, um, uh, of uh, you know, cooking and all that, 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 I think that would be a good research area. I'll ask okay. Tatila to come on. She can share a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, you you, you should, uh, because uh, there is uh, quite a bit of discussion here about the people who care about trees in, in Zambia. Unfortunately, uh, I don't know if it's unfortunate or what, it is the white people who are commenting, uh, Rob Shenton yeah. and his friend, uh, who, who, who seem to, to care, and we care, we care less. Uh, but there's also, the, there's also the Christian, uh, okay, go ahead. The Christian perspective. I'm saying there's a Christian perspective to that. Uh, this is why you see that Republicans are not so much into climate change. Again, that's a, I need to look into that, but I, I know someone who's a Republican who told me that they don't believe in climate change because they believe that it's God design and God will manage all that stuff for us. So that's, you know, I, I, I'm just yeah. to find out the details. <laughs> Yeah. Whether they even believe in that or it's just politics, no, no, no one knows. Uh, yeah, no, they're, they're let's, let's, uh, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, yeah, Dr. Patrick, you, you, you are next on the on, on the block here. Conservation versus uh, economics, uh, just like we've been talking with the Anakazi. How do we uh, strike uh, this balance? We have this problem. Uh, here is uh, the mine, it's a gold mine, and it is sitting on a, a forest in Mozambique and, uh, and, and Zambia. Uh, but the government needs that money, it needs the minerals uh, underneath. So the trees have to go. How do we balance uh, these two things, Dr. Patrick? I think we should change the dialogue. Um, if we say conservationists, um, that shuts people down. That turns people off because there are many definitions and terminologies and associations when you say conservationist. But if you begin to talk about economics, if you begin to talk about 
what will you do when the charcoal runs out? Uh, when you say, what will you do when the water dries up? Or what will you do when the sun barriers are burned down? <clears throat> or what will you do when the animals are destroyed because of the removal of the forest? Then you might have a better dialogue. You, ha- you have to be very specific and impactful on the individuals that's going to be harmed. If you cut down a rainforest, you must, as Anakazi mentioned, you must have a a um, beef like planting. <laughs> yes, you must have a beef planting of of, of um, the trees. Um, Eureka mentioned that, and it's so important. Uh, what many years from now, the tree you plant now, you can discuss later on. But if you do not plant any trees, you won't have a forest. And if you don't have a forest, you won't have a replenish of the oxygen in the air. And if you don't have that, you don't have the barrier, everyone will get cooked. It doesn't matter what pigmentation you have. You will be cooked by the sun. So you have to make conversations um, economically as well as from a health point of view. Another thing that you can think about is how you're going to convert or how one convert the removal of land or the removal of trees to one's pocket. The the trees that are being damaged or cut down, someone is buying that and someone is selling it and someone is using it as building material. So yeah. if you're going to have the trees cut down, find out who is profiting from it and turn that around and let the community where the trees are being removed profit from it as well. When you talk about water, depletion of water, what's going to happen is you're going to drive the soil up and you're going to build an environment for mosquitoes. And when you have mosquitoes, you have malaria. So you you have to think about the, the, the cost and benefits of what's happening to your community. And you know it's, there's going to be a cost, but you should also assure that the community is going to get some type of benefit some return benefit of, of what's happening in the community. So change the conversation whenever you hear conservation. <clears throat> conservation is a, is a turnoff. Change it to economics. What is happening to the environment and how is it going to benefit the individuals that it's impacting upon? Okay. Okay. Well, well, well said. Uh, Titus, are you here? Oh, it is just the, the, the number you are somewhere else. Can you hear me? No, no, once, going twice, gone. Uh, another person here is Yagi. Your number is here. 314, 314, last four number 3846. Hello? Hello, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, we have your number here. Uh, who is on the call, please? Okay, uh, this is Barney, and uh, I'm just uh, listening to the conversation and the discussion. No problem. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. When, if you have a comment, uh, please uh, feel free to um, uh, press one, and I'll open your mic. You can uh, contribute. Okay, well, I was uh, more interested in uh, 
the, um, the discussion concerning um, how aggressive are um, our governments in as far as uh, issues of uh, conservation of trees is concerned that's what uh, you know caught my attention okay yeah but I think uh, do you have uh, any comment on that because that was my so I, I, are you able to uh, I think your phone is on speaker if you can uh, uh, take off speaker we will hear you a little bit more uh, first what was your name again uh, I'm Pastor Barney Pastor Barney where, where are you Pastor Barney I'm in Florida okay yeah go ahead yeah uh I think I appreciate the fact that you have a platform where you are discussing matters concerning our country, and uh, um, I think this is uh, very important. Uh, however, my my contribution would be uh, on the question of uh, how aggressive are our governments. Uh, mm-hmm. In the first place, my observation is that our government has nothing or no interest in the future of our you know, countries. Every government that comes in has a limited foresight. They either would um, enact laws that will, uh, you know, benefit them at the time they are in office, protect them, and preserve uh, whatever it is that uh, they want to do. So for me, I do not think that uh, there is any program or agenda by any African government to preserve or conserve the the vegetation of Africa. Uh, Mm -hmm. You look at uh, how policies are formulated uh, by each, you know, political party that takes reins in any country in Africa. You know, a typical example is what is happening in our country. They are looking at uh, working around the bill of rights and several other things just because the people in power, they want to work at looking at how can they protect themselves in case they left office or uh, in case they continued. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's a lack of foresight. And I think what we Mm -hmm. need as Africans is to shift our attention from our bellies from today even though today is very, very important because it can determine what happens tomorrow, I think uh, it's important to also look at the future. Uh, We have uh, a situation here in America. They do have oil, but most of the oil they use in America does not come from within. It comes from outside Mm -hmm. because most of the oil that they have, they have uh, reserves where they would say for the next 100 years in case, uh, the oil from outside stopped coming. We will still have oil in America. It is because the policies they enact are not centered on uh, an individual political party or an individual uh, president. It's centered on the future of the country so that there is posterity to say, look at what our friends did. They did it for us. What can we do for those that are coming uh, after us? But for Zambia and our African countries, there is no one thinking about the future. So my thinking is maybe if we're talking about issues of uh, conservation, we need to start submitting to our governments and let them know Mm -hmm. what it is that we are thinking because 
Dr. Kaunda, when he came into power, I think for a season he had to plant trees. And most of the trees that we still have out there in Zambia were done during his era. And uh, every other, you know, successive uh, leader did not even care about, uh, you know, uh, planting of trees. They talked about it. They tried to, uh, you know, do some uh, groundbreaking ceremonies for tree planting and everything else. But it never has, uh, you know, reached anywhere. It is because there is a lack of foresight. We have to start learning from what our friends are doing outside there. You go back to Zambia you will find that targets have not been in Zambia for decades. Until recently when Sata came into power, and you wonder what happens to our presidents who come into power, the cabinet ministers, the ambassadors, and everybody else. These are men who have traveled. They have been exposed. But these small, small things like targets would have started in Zambia a long time ago. The roads would have been preserved. We would have had the good roads by now. You see, so we need to start looking at a possibility of, um, you know, uh, for example, if the government is about to do a budget, we up here in the diaspora can come together and say, guys, what is it that is needed so we can uh, submit a parallel budget and say, you know, uh, uh, Mr. President and your people, here is what we think should be done besides what you are thinking. You know, so that, uh, you know, they can hear also from uh, other people that are just uh, outside their, their, their thinking, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, and, and things like that. So basically what I'm saying is there should be foresight when it comes to policies. We should formulate policies that will be able to uh, uh, outlive us, not policies that will be centered on just us making a name for ourselves but policy that will be centered on creating um, an impact that will be, you know, that will last a long time. Even when we are dead, we're gone. But the people who come after us will be able to enjoy the country of Zambia. So that's basically a little contribution that I can make, sir. Yeah, that is uh, massive. Uh, like you've heard, uh, especially these uh, leaders before they get into power, maybe they can listen to us when they're up there. Uh, they become so dangerous. Uh, parallel budget, nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. about yeah. parallel budget. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Doctor. Just, just, just one minute, Doctor. No, what, what, what the pastor has said is, is is correct, and what you have said is correct. And if from 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 our meeting yesterday, what came out of our meeting yesterday was that uh, the UPND leader wants a summary of suggestions and observations that us people in diaspora see. So he said we need that advice now and when we get into government. So we are hoping to create not only for this political for this political party, but for all the people who are affected by what happens in Zambia, UPN the NPL, to have an advisory committee to send suggestions and, uh, uh, and observations from diaspora to back home so they can be able to look at them and see if it's able to be done or not. So you, to your point, yes, we are looking and exploring since yesterday to have a committee, an advisory committee to our president now and after he becomes president 
so we can keep this advisory thing going, not only for now, but for the future of our for the future of our country. It's Thank it's you. true, Roger. Mm. You see, when, when uh, like uh, Noah said, and when my, my brother the <clears throat> the pastor was talking, I was writing down. He was using terminologies like foresight, future of the country, conservation, and things like that. The, th- the question, Roger, is that, like my two colleagues have said, are these things even addressed in the Constitution of Zambia, number one? Do you even hear conservation being mentioned in every annual budget that is presented? Nothing. That, that tells you that it's not an issue. They don't even... I mean, we learned about the, the what do you call it, the adverse effects of Chitemene in our school career. Remember when we went to yes. school, we learned about yeah. Chitemene yeah. 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 in yeah. the geography and social studies. Before yeah. climate change, we talked about Chitemene. No, yes. it's, a big, it's, a big, it's a big discussion right now. Half the people that came to the UN meeting this time, the government mm. people were talking about climate change. Even mm-hmm. the same friend I'm talking about came for climate change. It's a big yeah. topic. So I wouldn't say that they're not taking it seriously. It is very, very serious right now. In fact, that's all they're talking about. So, that's true. Because um, you yeah. see, like yeah. like Yareka said earlier, that the Republicans uh, try to do what? They don't worry. They don't believe in this because they believe God is in control. Come on. I thought God told Abraham that you look after the earth when he created him. What are they talking about? God is in control. God gives the responsibility to man to manage the earth resources. And this is the other thing, like my brother in Florida said, the pastor. You see, what, you know what we do, as, uh, what our can- the countries do, uh, the thing to do with, uh, the, you see, they try to bring the issue of God to foster their political agenda. You, and to kill the debate. Yes. You see, and thank you, and to kill the debate. That's why you find that even the issue of Zambia being a Christian nation is a controversial issue. I mean, I've said my position and my beliefs on that here. I don't need to repeat them. So yesterday was a public holiday. It's 18th October, right? Flow with me here. Yesterday, 18th was a public holiday. La Pasta, I think into, on the 24th we are celebrating independence. Isn't that another public holiday? How productive yes. is that? How productive is that? No, I mean, just reason with me. Two days, is it three, four days in between public holidays? How productive is that? Foresight. Uh, I know. Foresight. Underline uh, that. This is what... <laughs> the, oh, the, my goodness. The, the issue here is... Um, Sorry, sorry, uh, 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 the moderator. I probably may say something again here, but uh, I don't know if that's okay. That's all right. That's okay. Yeah, I, I think for us, we don't value uh, work. We no. really don't value work, and uh, we we seem to uh, talk about working, but we don't really understand the principles that governs issues of work. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we can we can we can opt to pray in place of work, and uh, you know that's why in the recent years there's been um, an influx of so many people going into preaching because that's easy. You just talk, and whatever you say, everybody <laughs> will believe. 
And, uh, you know, we have um, substituted work and used um, prayer. You know, you're talking about the Republicans saying God will help us. No, God gave us the vegetation to manage it. The Bible says uh, when he created Adam, he put him in the garden to work it. That's what the Bible says. He put him in the garden to work it. So uh, we are the ones to work the garden. We are the ones to work the earth, manage it. Now, our governance system, if I may divert a little, as Africans, our government systems are not centered on, uh, you know, the future or what it is that we can do for the people. Our government systems are centered on the people who are surrounding the presidency and their families and their friends. That's where our government systems are focused. Uh, in us, when you look at um, the government systems of the U.S., Europe, and uh, these other places, they are more focused on the people. What do the people want? What can we do for the people? What can we do in order that if we leave office, you know, uh, people will still be happy that we were in leadership? But for us in Africa today, you know, everything is about the few people that are surrounding the presidency, and there is no place for the future. There is no place for the people. And uh, as long as they are happy, everything is okay. So I think we need to shift our government to move, if, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, to move our government system from that which is centered on us, you know, uh, to, to something that will be more focused on the common man, on the people on the ground, the future, you know, what can we do? to make, you know, an impact that would be lasting. So um, I, I, I've worked closely with a few presidents back in our country. I've had an opportunity to serve uh, Dr. Chuba, Levy uh, Patrick Mwanawasa, uh, uh, and uh, a few other cabinet ministers. But one of the things you discover is that uh, when they go into office, uh, this I'm referring to what uh, the other caller, you know, uh, said when he mentioned something to do with uh, while they are still uh, outside office, we need to contribute and suggest things that they will be able to do when they get into office. Now, you, you tend to understand that even when Dr. Chiruba came into power, he loved the people. This is a man in Mufulila who was selling tomatoes in the streets. This is a man who worked as a bus conductor. This is a man who was just among the poor, and he wasn't even considered that one day he would become a president. But here is the point. This man knew the sufferings of the people, but when he got into office, a few things started changing. A few things started changing. I don't know if it's because of the laws that we've already enacted, which cannot be changed, or if it's because of um, the systems that are invisible, which controls our governance system. I don't know uh, what really happens. Most of our people, they change when they get into there. Whatever that we said does not matter anymore. They will have to start looking at what will be um, able to help them to, you know, you know, retain their seats after five years or what will be able to protect them from getting imprisoned and stuff like that. So for, for me, I think we need to start looking at... Um, uh, 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 making those suggestions like you are saying, H.H. Uh, Valley Pusha, and uh, at the end of the day, sitting them down and talking to them. 
there was a particular mm-hmm. instance in Zambia when uh, Dr. Chiluba wanted to um, uh, adjust downwards the electricity tariffs. And, uh, you know, he, he really wanted to do that, and they, he started making pronouncements to that effect. But, uh, you know, the World uh, Bank heard about it. And uh, the next day they made a statement. They said, if you do that, we will stop aid to your country. Okay, so besides the fact that there's been a lot of selfishness on the part of our leaders, there's also other factors that actually are deterrent to our progress. They also know what limits uh, our leaders would go, you know, and um, maybe that's where we need to change our constitution on one particular item. If, say, somebody has gone through as a president today, we give him three months to six months to be, you know, inaugurated. Why? Because during the three months or six months that he is staying without being inaugurated, he is made to understand what are the treaties that uh, the Zambian government has gone into with other foreign, you know, bodies, you know, uh, on the global, you know, platform. What are those treaties, and how do they affect us as a nation? What is it that we can do in order to, you know, enhance those relationships or help ourselves to better the lives of our people? If you recall when uh, um, uh, Obama was coming into presidency, before he became a president, he made a lot of pronouncements. I'll remove the the military from Afghanistan. I'll do ABCD. I'll do ABCD. He said a lot of things. But, you know, when he got elected, that three months of staying without being inaugurated, it helped him to understand certain things, and his position completely changed. But for us, once somebody is elected today, there will be no way we are going to orient him to exactly what goes on in that particular office. If, 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 if at all we only, the president only has 20% power over the finances of the nation because we have borrowed so much, if the president has no you know, uh, right given to him in those uh, treaties to uh, enhance the health sector of our nation, you know, uh, he, he has to get abreast with all those matters so okay. that he understands and then okay, uh, you know, you, things like that anyway. You see? You, I should, we should have started a long time ago. Uh, mm. uh, time has run out. Uh, the radio is going to cut. But you have a lot to contribute to this radio. We are here every Saturday uh, starting uh, okay. 9 a.m. Please uh, don't be a, a, a stranger. At uh, one point you've left us, uh, you've provided here, a parallel budget. Let's not be lazy. Dr. Patrick, mm-hmm. if you see... <clears throat> The things we are talking about, tourism, uh, the other guys in health, all of us can provide uh, a shadow, a shadow budget, so to say. We can, we can work on, mm-hmm. on, on this. Yeah. But thank you so much uh, for calling in, uh, Pastor. Thank you so much for everyone, those who are listening online. Until next week, it is your radio station here in the diaspora. We are signing off. Have a good weekend, everyone. Bye bye. God bless you. Fresh music on setmusic.in Mmm Bene za pita bonse munali kunise kaimbe
Mulungu zako na baba na baba, apa somone. 